Welcome to Talking Shop, the podcast all about Adobe Photoshop. Brought to you by learningphotoshop.cc. Here's your host, Dave Cross. Well, hello and welcome to episode 53 of the podcast all about Photoshop. In this episode, I'll answer the question, are you certifiable? My name is Dave Cross, and this is the podcast that I've been doing now, well, for 53 episodes, talking about one of my favorite topics, which is Adobe Photoshop. I've been teaching Photoshop since the early days, since, well, since it came out in 1990. And back in, I want to say it was around 1996, I think, with Photoshop 4.0, Adobe introduced a new program called Adobe Certified Expert. And it was an exam to both test your knowledge of Photoshop. And if you passed the standard, you would be able to list yourself as an Adobe Certified Expert. Now, before I continue on this topic, let me just say that the idea of doing an episode talking about Adobe certification came from listener John Branny. Hope I pronounced that correctly, who asks a couple of questions about Adobe certification. So for those of you that are unfamiliar with this, like I said, back in 1996-ish, Adobe introduced this new program. And one of the, well, one of the more interesting things about it was when I took that first exam, I was one of the first people to take it. And in fact, the first exam was a beta exam, meaning you didn't get your results right away. Normally, now, when you take one of these exams, it's instant feedback. You, as soon as you say, I'm finished, then you get your score. But because this was a brand new exam, they were also, I guess, quantifying how the, the questions worked and things of that nature. So for me, back then, this was pretty important because back in those days, there weren't a lot of people teaching Photoshop. So soon after they introduced the Adobe Certified Expert, they also introduced something called Adobe Certified Instructor, which meant you had to do some additional exams, etc., and show your experience to be able to be listed as an Adobe Certified Instructor, which I did. And for a number of years, they uh, Adobe used to have a part of their website where you could go in and search for certified instructors. I think there might still be something kind of like that, maybe. I'm not sure. I haven't looked in a long time. I was, for a number of years, was one of only four or five certified instructors in all of Canada, which is where I was living at the time. So that was a huge deal for me because I would get calls from all over the place. So it certainly was well worth my investment in in time and money. It didn't take that much money to take the exam, but still, it was uh, for me, very, very much worth it. So for years after that, I was definitely a strong supporter of Adobe certification for the most part. But here's the th things I would always tell people. Certification doesn't really mean much unless the purpose that you're using it for makes sense. In other words, for example, you're applying for a job and you hope that listing on your resume, I'm an Adobe certified expert in Photoshop is a big selling point, but that really only means something if the people that are reading that resume know about and frankly care about that certification. And I know for many years I've had people tell me that I applied for a job and I told them I was Adobe certified expert and they went, a what? Or said, okay, great, show me your portfolio. Or perhaps more realistically for many people, 
here's an, a test, sit down at this computer and I'm going to watch over your shoulder or I'm going to give you a certain amount of time to do something and see how you do. And that really is the first point I want to make about a certification like this. It's a written exam. Well, it's an online exam, but it's words. In other words, you're not given a photograph and asked, okay, fix this or improve the exposure or get this ready for a website or whatever it might be. It's a series of questions. And to be quite frank about it, over the years, I remember reading many questions as I was answering them going, who cares? Like, why is this important? So let me just share with you a couple of examples. One of the things I'll mention is if you're considering one of these exams, like the Adobe certification exam in Photoshop, you do have the ability to download a study guide, which tells you what sort of topics are important. So I, I downloaded the most recent study guide that I could find, which was actually for Photoshop CC 2015. So let me share with you a couple of questions from the study guide. These are sample questions that are showing you the type of questions that you could get potentially on a certification exam. So question one, what are two features that can be saved with a custom workspace? And you're asked to choose two. And your choices are fonts, or I should say A, fonts, B, guides, C, color swatches, D, panel locations, E, keyboard shortcuts. So you have to choose two between fonts, guides, color swatches, panel locations, keyboard shortcuts. And the answer is D and E, panel locations and keyboard shortcuts. Now, to me, that's a fairly legitimate question because if you've worked with workspaces, you would know that was one of the options. But as I look through the sample questions on this exam, there are questions that, let me give you an example, uh, that I, I question the purpose or the legitimacy of a question like this. So here's the question. A user has an image on a single color background and wants to remove the background using the least number of steps. Which tool should be used? A, magic wand tool. B, magic eraser tool. C, quick selection tool, D, background eraser tool. So magic wand tool, magic eraser tool, quick selection tool, background eraser tool. But let's go back to the question, remove the background using the least number of steps. So the answer is B, magic eraser tool. Now, realistically, when you're working in Photoshop, do you want to use the magic eraser tool? I sure as heck wouldn't. I'd be wanting to make a selection and add a mask, but that's just me. But that's one of the things where I read a question like that. I'm like, it, it's technically correct, of course, that's from those choices, but using the least number of steps, yes, that's important, but personally, I'd much rather worrying about being non-destructive. So that's one of those examples where technically that's, yeah, that that is a legitimate answer, but is it the best way to work in Photoshop? And that's another question entirely. Here's another sample question. And this one at least is talking about working non-destructively because it says, how could a user apply a non-destructive vignette to an image? And the possible answers are A, use the burn tool to selectively brush in image edge darkening. B, use a photo filter layer and adjust the vignette slider for each edge. C, apply a black to transparent gradient to the edges of an overlaid empty layer. D, 
select the multiply blending mode and use the brush tool to paint the darker areas. So from those potential answers, C would be the quote unquote correct answer. But usually in exams, we talk about pick the best answer. Well, in this case, the best answer isn't there to me. To me, the best answer would be to use a method that I use with levels and a mask, which is completely non-destructive because now you can change the intensity of the darkness. You can change the, how soft the edge is, et cetera, et cetera. So again, from an exam standpoint, yes, that answer is correct, but is it really the best choice? So once again, is that really testing someone's knowledge of Photoshop if the ideal method of working isn't even one of the choices? One last example question. Which file format will allow the user to include an alpha channel to use as a clipping path in InDesign? A, GIF or GIF, depending on how you like to pronounce that. B, PNG. C, TIFF. D, JPEG. The answer is C. But again, I would say, do you still really use clipping paths in InDesign? If I walked into an agency looking for a job and talked about using alpha channels for clipping paths, I wouldn't be at all surprised if the art director said, why wouldn't you just use layers from Photoshop and place your PSD file in to preserve the transparency? All right, so I'm going to continue talking about the pros and cons of Adobe certification because there are some pros as well. But first... It's time for the tip of the week. For this week's tip, since I kind of alluded to it, let me share in more detail how I would do a completely non-destructive vignette effect. I add a levels or could be curves adjustment layer and use it to make everything extremely dark, if not black. Then use my marquee selection tool to make a selection in the middle and on the mask, fill that with black. So now there's only dark around the edge. Then I go to the properties panel and use the feather option to soften the edge. So this way you have the ability to edit anything, the size of the rectangle, the amount of feather, or how much you darken it. Completely non-destructive. With short tutorials, in-depth multi-lesson courses, and live Q&A sessions, learningphotoshop.cc provides the Photoshop training you need to succeed. So you may think that after me sharing those example questions that I'm completely anti-Adobe certification exam, and I'm not. And in fact, I'm a, a, still a big supporter of it. And some time ago, I commented on some of the type of questions that were being used. And after a couple of discussions, found myself writing one of the certification exams for Photoshop. I won't tell you which one, but it was fairly recent. And... It was really an interesting process because all this time where I'd been kind of thinking, geez, how did they come up with some of these questions? It really was quite interesting to see the level of detail and determination and testing, et cetera, that went in to try and come up with questions. They're not intended to be trick questions. There can't be fake answers. Everything has to be a legitimate possible answer and one would be the best answer. And over the years, I've recommended to a lot of people to say, hey, there's nothing wrong with taking a certification exam as long as you go with your eyes open. That it's not like, for example, I don't know, but let's just say Microsoft certification or some kind of network certification where it's a huge in-depth program that 
almost guarantees you a job at a better rate or something like that. I'm not even sure those exist, but no, back in the day they used to. So as long as you know that it's not necessarily going to be like, wow, now I'm going to get a great job or I'm going to get the job I want because I'm Adobe certified. However, the common theme that many people have said to me over the years is, boy, I learned some things studying for and then taking the ACE exam because there were some areas of Photoshop that I just never really use in my work. Or I always used a certain method because that was the way I was taught or I learned myself. But taking the exam, which required, by the way, quite a bit of reading the help file, because that's where a lot of the answers come from, the wording in the help file. So there's definitely some benefits from that respect. And some people just like the option to test their knowledge. Keeping in mind, though, it's not really a test of your ability to use Photoshop effectively. It's a test of your ability to answer questions in the way that Adobe wants you to. So if you go in thinking this will prove that I'm an excellent Photoshop user, I'm not sure about that. In fact, I would say in my head, I could very quickly think of uh, four or five or 10 very, very talented Photoshop artists I know of that probably would not pass the exam because they're just really good at using it. They're not using it in a way or they don't have a full breadth of knowledge about workspaces and duotones and clipping paths and things that they might be asked in the exam. But like I said, the process of getting ready for it, forcing your hand, if you will, to study and look into some things. Like I mentioned, I've had a number of people tell me that I learned new things and it was a very valuable experience. So the final thing I will say is that there's it's a little bit up in the air to me as to where things stand. If right now you were to search for Adobe Certified Expert and went to the Adobe Learning page, it says the following. We are in the process of updating our Creative Cloud certification exams. These exams will be released in 2020. And as of yet, that hasn't happened. There's also something called an Adobe Certified Associate, which to my interpretation seems to be aimed perhaps a little more at high school and college students, but I'm sure anyone can take it. And an interesting little side note is that last time I looked at it, I was surprised to see that it says Adobe Certified Associate, soon to be called Adobe Certified Professional. Now, again, having that on a resume or on a business card, if you're in the business of trying to get work from someone, I don't see there's any downside to it. So it's not necessarily going to get you that dream job. But at the same time, it certainly wouldn't hurt. And if they're comparing potential candidates for a job or for a freelance work they need, maybe having Adobe Certified Professional or Adobe Certified Expert on there wouldn't hurt. So overall, I would say it's still something to consider. Just be aware that and don't be surprised if you do decide to do it and you look at some of the questions and go, really? Who cares? But overall, I would say it's still a worthwhile experience so you can become certified. Well, that's it for this time. I hope you weren't distracted by sounds of lawnmowers in the background like I was that started halfway through this whole thing. But I appreciate you taking the time to listen and hope you'll tune in again. I'm Dave Cross. See you next time. Please subscribe and tell your Photoshop using friends. Find us at talkingshop.show.
This podcast is not authorized, endorsed, or sponsored by Adobe, publisher of Photoshop.